transformation works. Woo! His word will not return back to him void, but it's going to accomplish everything he sent it out to do. Let me tell you something. What God tells you, it will work. Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want you to notice Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, which reads as follows. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1 reads as follows. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. I want you to look at the two similar parts of Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8 and Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, hear the instruction of your father. Hear the instruction of your father. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, hear my children, the instruction of a father. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic, a father's instruction. A father's instruction. Father is defined as a male parent. A father is a man who has begotten a child. He is a male parent with offspring. He is also a man who exercises paternal care over individuals. For example, he could be a coach, he could be a mentor, but he is showing kindness associated like a father. In my opinion, as as fathers, we have an important responsibility in our child's life when it comes to spiritual as well as natural matters. And what I mean by responsibilities, we have a duty, we are held accountable, and we do have authority when it comes to our children's spiritual as well as natural matters. In my opinions, fathers generally desire to do what is right by their children, even when they may come up a little bit short. For example, when it comes to providing for our children, and I can imagine when a father hears the news and I'm going to be a dad, it can be exciting news, rewarding news, an opportunity to, to provide for their child in ways they may not have had for themselves. However, reality kicks in. Buying diapers. Can't find milk on the shelf. Clothes. Daycare bills. I can't imagine what a daycare bill is these days. Paying rent, paying mortgages, electrical and gas bills, car insurance, car notes, groceries, cable, internet service, phone bills, cell phone bills, and such like. And then there you are balling at $17 an hour, but you're only working 30 hours a week. And if you ain't careful, you'll be able to take out the trash and not come back. Why? Because every penny you get, you don't spend none of it. It goes toward the household. And as a father, when needs need to be met, your reality can look different from your expectation. You want to take your family on vacation, but you're looking at the checkbook and you're looking at what's coming in and you're wondering, how can I go anywhere? 
even as a Christian father who comes and hears the word of God and knows that bringing God and his tithes and his offering is right, may still appear to come up short when it comes to natural responsibilities. Therefore, it takes faith in order to know that our Heavenly Father is the ultimate provider. As we walk with him and allow him to lead me, he shows me how to provide for my family through me. Let me say that to you again. He shows me how to provide for my family through me. See, it doesn't matter if I work 57 hours a week. If God don't make the provision, it won't be made. It, I could be, I could have inheritance, but if God don't allow the inheritance to go through me to my family, then the need won't be met. I can have a great job, but if I don't let God meet the need through me, then something is wrong with that picture. I can have a great career, but if I don't let God meet the need through me, then something's wrong. What are you saying, Pastor Dobbs? I'm saying God is our source. He is our source. And see, this is the issue. If God's not your source, if the job's gone, you think the source is gone. If you think that the, the, if they cut back on your time, you think that God can't provide the need. That's not the case. Why? Because he is your source. So therefore, if the father does leave and take the grocer and take and get uh, go to the grocery store and don't come back, God will still provide the need because why? He is the source. God is the source. And that takes the pressure off a man, in my opinion, because they're looking as God is my source. He is the one that's providing. He's the one that's paying the cable bill. He's the one that's providing the Internet. He's the one that's putting groceries on the table. He is the one that's providing the medicine. He is the one that's providing the guidance for my family. He is the one that's doing it. And I'm saying, God, if you don't supply the need, it won't be met. I can make $475 an hour, but if God doesn't supply the need, it don't, it don't get met. Now, I know you may look at me funny, but I, let me say this to you. God has to be your source. And he'll have no other God before him. He has to be the source. He is our source. He meets the need, and it takes the pressure off me or any father who lets God or any single mother who lets God be the source. And as a Christian father, we must be prepared to mature to the point that we don't allow responsibilities to push us away from God, but allow those things to push us toward God. I have to be aware of the fact that my duties and responsibilities can become so heavy on my mind that I neglect spending time in hearing God's word, prayer, fasting, and such like. And it's nothing like duties and responsibilities that weigh heavy on a man's mind. They may not say it. They may not do it. You ask them what, what's on their mind. They say, I'm just thinking or nothing, whatever they may say. But they're thinking about their duties and responsibilities as a man. See, my intentions can be good, but life has a way of causing distractions, frustrations, and overwhelming thoughts that can disconnect me disconnect me from my source, which is Jesus, which is not not to mention his word and his ways. See, the promises of God is what we need to stand on when it may seem like things are trying to stand on us. And I understand that you know and you understand that the enemy will he 
frustrations, distractions, and life can seem overwhelming if you allow the enemy to be the Lord over your thought life. Therefore, it's imperative that we allow God, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And see, the promises of God is what we need to stand on when it may seem like things are trying to stand on us. Therefore, Paul reminded us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And my God shall supply. He's going to furnish. He's going to fulfill. He's going to complete. And notice that next word, all. Everybody say all. All your need. What is necessary? What is dutiful? According to his riches, his wealth, his abundance, in glory by Christ Jesus. So God doesn't run out, so therefore he, he can continue to supply the need. He doesn't run out of resources. He doesn't run out of things that you need because he can supply every need. And we stand upon that promise. We stand upon the word of God because of the word shall. Shall connotes a promise. He's going to supply all, not some, but what? All. That means not part, but what? All. Not 85%, but what? All. He's going to supply all. Our job is to do our part. We got to do our part. In other words, we must continue to work. We must continue to do our business. We must continue to, uh, you may have an inheritance. Whatever it is, God still supplies the need. And never get it twisted that just because you work in a great job doesn't mean God's not supplying the need. Don't never get that twisted. Never get in your head that your talent, your skills, and your ability is getting you up where you are today. No, it's God that is supplying the need. It's God. Either his word is right or it's not right. Either his word is true or it's not true. He's going to supply all the needs or he's not supplying any needs. Because his word would not return back to him void, but it'll accomplish everything he sent it out to do. Let me say this to you. If you lose the job, he can still supply the need. Listen, if you get laid off, he can still supply the need. Listen, if they tell you that you got to take 40 days off with no pay, hey, I got a 40-day vacation, but God's still going to supply the need. Because that's who he is. Never get caught up in, in what man say. Oh, if I, if I take this from you, then you're going to suffer. Who are you? I'm sorry, let me get back to the text. Let me get back. I'm a witness that it takes consistent faith in Jesus to trust him to supply my needs so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. We got to be consistent with God, steadfast with God, so in turn it doesn't seem overwhelming, mind-boggling, enormous, and massive. You know what I thought about this when I was reading this and I said, well, you know what, God? I thank God for mustard seed faith. Because sometimes my faith ain't always where it needs to be when it comes to God supplying the need. But he's, but you know what God does? He looks at, listen, I thank God. He said, all you need is a little bit of faith. Trust him just a little bit and he can, he can work with that. 
I thank God he's a God that can work with that. He can work with a little bit of faith and start meeting needs in your life, healing your body, deliver you. And some of y'all look at me like y'all know what I'm talking about. But let me break it down to you just a little bit. Even in times when you don't feel like you are the best Christian you should be, God still supplies the need. You ever notice he didn't cut your lights off because you went in doubt for a few minutes? You ever notice that he still makes sure your car was taken care of, even though you may not have thought that everything was going to, you know, you, you just weren't the most faithful person. He still took care of us. And that's the God that we love. That's the God we appreciate. And so we build from that. So in turn, our faith will continue to grow. I said, if God, you can meet my need when I wasn't the best Christian. Surely when I start doing things right, you can take it to another level. And God, that's who God is and that's what he does. And so therefore we, we have scriptures like Romans 10 and 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more I, more faith I hear, the more assurance I hear, the more instructions I get, the more preached gospel that I get, then my faith, my confidence, my assurance, my trust, and my belief in God increases. See, it takes faith to please God. Godly instructions build our confidence in him and he and his desire to see us delivered, protected, healed mentally as well as physically and prosper. I like what Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who are are persistent about seeking him, those who have a steady, earnest and energetic, energetic effort in seeking him. And the more biblical instructions that we hear, the stronger our faith will become. And let me give you an example. If two hours a day I'm in the presence of God, either by reading the word, studying the word, listening to spirit filled teaching, praying and so forth. If it's much different than if I only spend 10 minutes a day reading a scripture and praying for three minutes a day. My confidence in God, my faith in God is not going to be on the same level. I was thinking about an example when I, when, when I wrote this one is this. I remember Kobe Bryant used to say that he would practice two or three hours every day. When some people would skip a day, he wouldn't skip a day. So he said, I did this for an entire year, maybe two years, and naturally I became better because I practiced more. Well, some people have the mentality, I can just read two minutes a day and be on the same level as somebody who spends two hours in before God praying, studying scripture, listening to the word. It's not going to be the same level. That's for he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So we must spend time with God to change the results that we're looking for. To change the outcomes that we're looking for. To change the results as well as the outcomes. Because when we invest in God's word, it changes our results. It changes our, our outcome. And I got to admit the principle is true when it comes to money, gifts, talents, and other areas of my life. You know, as a student, when you decide to study two hours a day every day, you'll be much better off than somebody who never studies. 
You're going to be much better off when you pay, when you put the effort in to get the results that you're looking for. But you know what? It's up to me to make the change. I can't blame my sister. I can't blame my brother. I can't blame my past. I can't blame because my mother or daddy wasn't there. I've got to make up in my mind I'm going to do what's right. Because life is real. Life is real. Stuff happens all the time. And it's not going to be fair what happens to you every day. I wish I could tell you everything going to be fair to you. It's not going to be fair to you. But when it's not, you still got to pick it up and keep going. You got to pick it up and keep going. You planned a picnic today and it rained today. Hey, adjust and keep on moving. Adjust and keep moving. Don't let it stop or take away your joy. Now, if your enemy or adversary, your enemy or adversary, one of their primary tools of weaponry against you is to get you so distracted, overwhelmed, confused, and disconnected from godly instructions that you hinder your godly prosperity and Success. Remember we said how it is if you spend, let's say, two hours a day before God, the difference it will make. So the enemy says, I've got to stop them. I've got to distract them. I've got to overwhelm them. I've got to bring something up in their life. So in turn, they won't spend that time with God. Joshua 1 and 8 tells us this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Let's read that again. This book of the law should not depart. It's not going to be removed. It's not going to be departed from your mouth. But you shall meditate. You're going to speak about it. You're going to think about it. You're going to talk about it. You're going to study it day and night. Then then you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. As you meditate upon it, you think about it, is you can start doing it. You start practicing it. It says love your neighbor. You're going to start practicing loving your neighbor. When it says give, you're going to start practicing giving. When it says uh, pray, you're going to start practicing praying. You're going to start putting the word into action. And then you're going to make your way prosperous and you will have good success. What's good success? You're going to prosper. I like this other definition. You're going to be wise. You think about this. If somebody was to would have taught me how to take a cart apart and I spent two hours a day for a whole year learning about cars, by the end of the year, I should be a good mechanic. Or a lot better mechanic. If I was a, I won't learn the keyboard and I played not one lick of keyboard. I, I heard about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, N. Okay, there's those not keys. Okay, anyway. So anyway, I, two hours every day, I'm sitting there and I'm learning. I'm not just, not just, hold on, not just looking at the keyboard, but actually playing it. Actually listening to somebody, actually looking at YouTubes, actually practicing. In about two or three years, boy, I might go hit them keys and start playing some stuff. Then I might grab a mic and start singing something. Well, you, you, you can touch me. Why? But what did I do? I put the effort in. If you are a student, I remember this coming up when I was uh, a student in high school. I kind of played around in, in the mother's grades, but with high school, I had to get it. 
Because I learned that they taught, I learned, I, listen, I had exhausted everything I knew. I had to really open up a book and really get in that book. I had to really study it. I, I couldn't just play with it. I had to really study it. So in turn, I could be a better student. I was a C student. I was a B student. But I worked my way up to A status. and Maybe a few Bs. But anyway, the point is, I had to work at it. It just didn't come because I said, hey, here it is. You got to work whatever you want better in your life. If you want to change the results and the outcome, you got to work at it. But this is a promise in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. But the enemy will try to distract you. Why you ask me, Pastor Duffs? I'm glad you asked. Because he knows if he, if you get, if, excuse me, he knows if he distracts you, you lose confidence in your power source. You lose confidence in your supplier. You lose confidence in your provider. You lose confidence in the one who has promised you success and prosperity. And then the enemy gains control. I've seen it happen in my time in ministry. I've seen people who had confidence in God, but they start missing church. They start, they stop studying. They stop listening to the word. They stop praying. No, it wasn't a gravity. They, they quit like that. They went from maybe 30 minutes a day to eight, uh, eight minutes a day. Then it went from eight minutes a day to two minutes a day. Then it went two minutes a day and said, hey, if Jesus wept and kept moving. And that was, that was their whole entire spiritual experience. Jesus wept. Or have mercy, God, and kept moving. They never meditated the word. They never studied the word. They, and listen, then they started listening to other stuff other than gospel. And they thought it wasn't going to mess with their mind. Oh, I'll be all right. Because what? No cuss words in this one. And then after a while, the cuss words started making its way in. And after a while, they start saying the cuss words because they start singing the song. Because the beat sounded good. And then all of a sudden, they started. Notice how the enemy is just working his way in. Just working his way in. And after a while, he's got control of your mind. And you don't even know what it happened. But all of a sudden, there you are, you ain't listening to nothing spiritual in weeks. Nothing spiritual in weeks. Y'all got real quiet off of that one, boy. Did I, did I, did, did, did I, did I, did I get your attention for a moment? Good, I'm glad I did. Because you need to understand something. Enemy has been worked. He's come to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. And I remember, and I've told you this before, the enemy will take 20 years to get you if he has to. But the bottom line is, he wants you. He come to steal, he come to kill, he come to destroy. And if he can get you, he's just going to lure you in. This is slow, he's going to pull you in. Next thing you know, he's got control of you. He just going to pull you in. And you thought, it was, you thought it was not, it was, oh, ain't nothing wrong with this. Oh, nothing wrong with me skipping a day or two of prayer. Ain't nothing wrong with me not studying my Bible. Oh, I'm going yeah, I'm going to listen to, um, just a, you know, two minutes of scripture. Now I'm going to go back. I'm going to read my devotion, my devotion. You know how devotion pop up on your phone? Or some of you who have that on your phone? You know how that pop up? That's all you read. Nothing else. Nothing else. But you got 23 hours of, this is why we meditate on his word day and Night. God knows what he's talking about, y'all. God knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. 
Because the enemy wants to distract us. He wants to gain control of us. Now, how does he gain control? By causing us to believe that we're doing things independent from God rather than dependent on God. Remember, we talked about this earlier. Here you are, you got the job, you're making good money, making more money you ever made before, and now you think you're supplying the need. You got it distracted, you got it twisted. It's God that got you the job. It's God that's keeping you there when they talked about laying you off. It's God that's keeping you there when you messed up and they didn't fire you. It's God that gave you grace to miss that accident when you... It's God that's doing it for you. Never get it twisted. Never get it confused. It's God that's doing it for you and act like he's doing it for you. Treat him like he's treating you. Lord, I didn't mean to go here, but are y'all getting what I'm saying? Are we catching? I want you to understand this. Don't you ever get twisted like, you know what what Abraham said? Abraham said, didn't nobody make me rich but God. Didn't nobody make me rich but God. Listen, I know y'all tried, but it was. Some other people wanted to make Abram rich, Abram at the time. We said, no, 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 no. Nobody going to make me rich but God. And when it's all said and done, nobody made Abraham rich but God. And we have that same type testimony. Nobody going to make us rich but God. Because if God make you rich, no man can take it from you. Good God. Well, that was somebody there. I received that God. And nobody else wanted. Now, let me say this to you. A man may not be all that the scripture said he can be. But to see a man diligently seeking Jesus is a definite step in the right direction. A man seeking Jesus is a definite step in the right direction. I love my brothers in here, but none of them perfect. Oh, got to thank y'all, brothers, for helping me out here. I, I, sister, do you afraid to say something? Like, <laughs> but listen, I love them, but none of us are perfect. But I appreciate brothers that diligently seek the law, like we read in Hebrews chapter eleven and verse six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. See, a father who diligently seeks the Lord will be a faith walker. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So a father who is regulating his life, conducting his life by faith, and not by what he sees, not by his senses, will be a faith walker. And as a, as a father consistently, walk, consistently walks by faith, I believe they are in a better position to receive godly knowledge. Godly knowledge. Faith walkers can receive godly knowledge. Godly knowledge. Which brings me to my question, where do we get Godly instructions, so in turn, we can impact, or impart, I should say, to others. Where do we get godly instructions, so in turn, we can impart them into others? Because what I've learned, if we're going to have a father's instructions, a father got to, first of all, be instructed. Anybody see that? You need to understand that part before you start imparting instructions. Especially if they're godly. Because I've been around a lot of men in my days. And I'll be honest with you, some of their advice was nowhere near God. 
Nowhere near God. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. I know we're in verse 8, but let's go to verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear or the reverence or the respect of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. See, as one respects God, he allows them access to his knowledge. See, I could be intelligent in worldly matters, but naive when it comes to godly matters. I thank God that God says you got access to my knowledge when you fear or you reverence or you respect me. Woo, I like that. And as I respect and reverence God, this is the beginning, this is the first, this is the start of obtaining godly knowledge. See, respect says, I love you enough and I appreciate you enough to study your word. If I reverence you, I'm going to pray. If I, I'm going to treat you like you're treating me. Because why? I respect you. See, I, I, I reverence you. And this is the beginning of godly knowledge. I treat you as your word is true, whatever you tell me, God. Whatever you tell me, God, that is what I said is true. I may not understand everything, but you told me to give even though I got a light bill due. Listen, you told me to pray when I want a word. I respect you enough even though I don't quite understand it. Why? Because it's the beginning. It's the beginning. You got to learn how to trust God because he's going to tell you something like, hey, Peter, go fishing. And the first fish you catch, take that fish out. Take take the money out. Go pay your taxes and mine. What? <laughs> you got to trust God. But this is the father who fears God. He fears God. So he respects God. And I appreciate brothers in this sanctuary that respect God no matter, even though you don't quite understand what he, everything he's telling you to do. He's telling you to give. I respect. You say give. I give like you tell me to give, God. Oh, you said men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. I'm going to pray, God. I only, listen, I only know how to pray. Good. Let me teach you. Our Father, which art in heaven, how will be thy name, thy kingdom come. I respect you enough, God, to follow your example. Because I don't know how to be a father. I don't know how to be a, a, listen, I don't know how to do these particular things. But you said if I fear you, if I respect you, if I reverence you, you'll begin to show me some stuff. Every father, thank God that God showed you some stuff, boy. Because raising your children, he said train them up in the way they should go. What's that mean, God? What did that mean? It mean do what? Because my parents had... My folks told me to go outside and get a... But he said, but, but that's not, that may not be God's best method for your child. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit in raising your children. I know what, what worked for you, but it may not work for your child. You got to understand your child is fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes he, listen, sometimes God may say fast for your child. 
So we got to fast for you, child. Whatever it is, you got to follow his what? Instructions. But you'll get that because why? You're fearing God. You, you're reverencing God. You're respecting God. And so God is now downloading stuff to you. Ooh, he's downloading stuff to you. He's downloading. He's downloading. You're praying, he's downloading. You're studying scripture, he's downloading. He says, I'm going to give you some stuff. Listen, I, I, I can spend time right there, but I got to move on. See, our objective should be to obtain godly knowledge. What's godly knowledge? Awareness or familiarity with a certain subject. It is skills acquired. It is the understanding about a particular subject matter, whether it's giving, whether it's praying, how you treat your neighbor, how to raise a man, how to raise a woman, and so forth. It is information obtained to be applied in a practical way. Because it's no use getting information if you don't know how to use it. No use in getting it if you don't know how to use it. God says, I will show you how to use it. But where does it start at? you got to reference God. you got to respect God. you got to fear God. And therefore, he'll give you valuable information that will help you with your spiritual growth and development. So when you do that, see, godly knowledge will help a believer navigate through every area of their life. See, godly knowledge will help me to make better decisions, help with relationships, help with financial planning, help with spiritual development, help with every area of our lives. And let me say this to you. I added this because this is so good to me. It will work. God's information works. His word will not return back to him, boy. But it's going to accomplish everything he sent it out to do. Let me tell you something. What God tells you, it will work. And remember what we learned recently. If it ain't work like his, what the scriptures say, it ain't finished working. It ain't finished working. You say, God will heal my body. I've asked him to heal it. I don't feel healed yet. It's working. Listen. Let me, let, let me share something with you real quick. Let me give you the quick example. I'm going to try to move to my next point. If, if the world doctors tell you to take medicine for 10 days, what's wrong with us taking medicine, God's medicine one day and think, thinking that it ain't working? Someone's at amoxicillin was what my child used to take growing up. I don't know what they do these days. Amoxicillin, they said take it. Now, make sure the child going to feel like they're better. But you give it to them and let it run its course. Let me say this to you. Scripture's gonna look like it's working, but tell them to keep on taking it. <laughs> tell them to keep on, tell them to keep on quoting scripture. Tell them to keep on quoting scripture. Tell them to keep on quoting scripture. Well, it looked like they're better. No, tell them to keep on quoting. Cause there's something else around the corner they gotta deal with. Tell them to keep on quoting. They gotta go to work tomorrow. Tell them to keep on quoting it. Listen, they got to deal with the public. Tell them to keep on quoting. Listen, the enemy out to steal, kill, and destroy. Keep on quoting. We got to keep on quoting. We got to keep on, listen, keep calling those things as not as though they were. We got to keep on quoting the word of God. Keep on quoting. The wonderful part about it, he's going to show us how to work it. He's going to show us how to work it. Now, we've got an avenue where knowledge is coming now. It's coming. Because I'm not saying you're perfect. Because remember, he said, it's the beginning. That means you're just learning. You've been saved for two months. You're not going to know what I know because I've been this thing for a while. But if you keep listening to me, I'll help you along the way. 
Now, somebody been there for 10 years and they may not know as much as you do at, at two months. Well, because they ain't applying it. They're just hearing it, but they're not applying what the word is saying. See, godly instruction is essential to our success as Christians, but especially as Christian fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, which brings us to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Now, remember now, he says, my son, hear, understand, discern. And, and tell, uh, excuse me, the instructions, the doctrine, the correction, the warnings of your father. Now remember now, this father has been before God. This father is reverencing God. This father is respecting God. This father loves God. And so now when this particular statement is made, they're not just listening to anybody that's saying anything. This is a son that is hearing the instructions of a father who's been before God. She kind of will see. Do you see the difference right there? Because a worldly father can tell you worldly stuff. But a godly father can give you godly instructions. And that's what we want. Because I don't want you to tell me just anything. I need to hear, I need to be with somebody at least in at least let me think you've been with God. If you even misquote a scripture, at least let me think you've been with God. You may not know to as full as a state, but at least try. Don't come bringing me something like, well, you know, the Bible says this, but I believe. Notice what he says. My son, hear the instructions, the doctrine. The correction, the warning of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. See, in my opinion, he's preparing his son for a world that will require more than this man's ability, education, and insight. See, there are times when life comes at us in ways that are beyond our ability to come up with real, sustaining solutions. We might be able to patch up the problem or situation, but eventually the patch will gonna break. That's the worldly example. See, you got something temporary for a bigger problem. See, our limited knowledge, skills, and insight serve as a temporary fix at times to real issues that we deal with from day to day. However, when we repent of our sin, change our thinking, and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we position ourselves for real solutions, for real problems. Why? Because we fear, we respect, and reverence God's written and revealed word. It's the beginning. And really it's the beginning of healing. It's the beginning of deliverance. It's the beginning of prosperity. God is teaching us how to be a better father. See, father is essentially that we provide and receive sound instruction as sons because it shapes who we become as men. See, Solomon is very direct in one sense by telling his son to hear the instruction of the father. Listen to him. Perceive what he's saying. Understand it. Comprehend it. What he's saying. See, when godly instructions are coming forth, whether we're a son or a daughter, there are certain things that need to happen if we're going to deem ourselves as good hearers. Good hearers. Everybody say good hearers. We're learning that good hearers grow in their hearing. They grow. They grow. Their traits, they grow spiritually as well as naturally. 
And I'll give you, I'll give you four of them real quickly. They listen. And when you listen, you gotta grow in your listening. You just can't ha- listen. You gotta grow in your listening. And listening is to hear and to pay attention to what's being taught. Proceed. You gotta grow in your perception. Perception means to become aware and conscious of what is being said. You gotta grow in that. You're on one level now, but as you mature in the word of God, you should grow to another level. You gotta grow in your understanding. Understanding is how you interpret, you grasp the ideas and make a connection to what is being said. You gotta grow in that. Now I know you're on one level now, but you gotta grow in that area. And comprehension. You gotta grow in your comprehension. Comprehension is to take what's being taught to the point that impacts how we think, talk, and respond to situations. See, Solomon was a man that loved God and was loved by God, so instructions were coming from a place of love, respect, and wisdom. He was qualified to have the conversation with his son and with us. And we find this over, and I'm going to read all of it, but go to Second Chronicles chapter 6, and we'll start at... First Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 6. Second Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 6. We'll read down to verse 12. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. Notice Solomon made a, a tremendous offering before the Lord. In verse 7, first Chronicles, excuse me, second Chronicles, second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in this place. Now, O Lord, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitudes. Now give me wisdom. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that may go out and come in before the people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, verse 11, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I made you king. Verse 12, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have who have had were before you, nor shall any ha- after you have the like. So it's, as Solomon is speaking to us today, we know by this scripture and others that his wisdom is unlimited because it comes from an unlimited source, which is God. So we see also in Pro- Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mothers. Everybody say mothers. Watch this. Do not forsake. Don't leave. Don't cast away. Don't abandon the law, the direction, the instruction, the custom, or the manner of your mother. Notice this, that Solomon wants his son to not leave or abandon the instruction or the law of his mother. Godly mothers desire to give instruction that will be beneficial to their children. As with men, some mothers may come up short. Men decide to give instruction that will help their children and not harm them. Collectively, a child benefits from both parents being actively involved in a spiritual matter, offering godly instructions. And let me say this to you before I go into the five benefits of godly instructions. It's imperative 
that as the parents grow spiritually, they impart that to their children. And they don't just look at when children do worldly things and enhance that. What do I mean by that? Child cussing. Ooh, he's so cute. No, he ain't. She got a little hoochie dance. They so cute. No, they ain't. As we grow, we help our children grow. And if somebody trying to If somebody is trying to, what's the word I'm going to look for here? Behavior that is ungodly to try to make it more glamorous than what God is doing in their life, leave that stuff alone. Leave that ungodly stuff alone. And you, you correct that child. You tell that child what's right and what's wrong. And I don't care if they auntie or whoever come up. If something is ungodly, you don't want to start that at no age. No age. Because it's hard to get out of once you get, once you let it get in there. Everybody understand that part? Alright. Now, let's talk about the five benefits of instruction. One, discipline. This one means to train to obey rules or a code of behavior. Correction. A change to make something right. Imparting knowledge, the facts, information, and skills acquired through experience or education and guidance. Advice or information aimed at resolving a problem or difficulty. And protection, a shield that prevents someone or something from suffering harm or injury. So we got discipline, correction, imparting knowledge, guidance, as well as protection. And so we also see over, now remember now what he said in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. Before we go over to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. A father and a mother, because remember, father and a mother who fears God, who reverences God, who respects God, who references God, who goes before God, gets knowledge. Because remember, it's the beginning. They take that and they impart it to their son or to their children. Everybody see that? I want you, listen, they're not just giving them what they think is right. They're getting before God, they're learning, and they're imparting that to their children. A father's instruction, what Solomon calls it, and not only the Solomon's, a father's instruction, but notice, a mother's law. So he got both parents there, they're, they, but know something though, they're going before God. This mother and this father, they're godly parents. They're going before God, they're getting insight, then what if they mess up? They repent, get it right, and correct the matter. Because God loves you enough to correct matters. Nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, you're still going before God. You're respecting God enough to get in his word, to study, to pray, to get in guidance. So in turn, you can give instructions. You can give it. So that is, to me, one of the things we really need to understand today. We need to go before God so in turn we can get the godly instructions. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. It says, hear the instruction... Of a father and give attention to no understanding. Hear, perceive, pay attention and understand and give heed, my children. What are you giving heed to? The instructions, the discipline, the correction and the process of imparting knowledge and guidance of a father and give attention 
to know understanding. One of the things I want you to understand clearly is these are godly fathers getting giving godly guidance. This to me is so important. I truly believe as we are believers in this sanctuary, especially fathers on this Father's Day, we, one instruction we need to make sure we do first of all is to get before God. Respect God enough to reverence Him. To respect His Word. Respect His, respect prayer. Respect giving. Reverence God. Listen, I know the beginning of the beginning of this thing is you got to love God. Respect Him. Submit to Him. And let, listen, you ain't gonna be a perfect father, but I'd rather have a godly father any day than a worldly father. Cause He's gonna what? When you do that, you can impart instructions. Same thing here in this text. You're going to impart instructions. You're going to impart instructions. And instructions are beneficial and helpful to our finances, relationships. Can you imagine advice from a worldly phone? Let me tell you something I heard one day as a natural uh, in, from one guy. One guy told me this. Now, what you do now, you get a girlfriend and you pay cash for her, her apartment uh, in another city. That way they can't tra- track your cash. Yeah. So I can't believe they would tell you that. Unsaved folks would tell you a lot of stuff. Look, look, he was imparting to me. <laughs> but it wasn't godly. So you got to make sure that it lines up with the word. It lies over the word. You, well, I can, I can tell many things. No, you can't. No, you can't. That's not God's way of doing it. Because remember, this is a person that respects God. They love God. And they tell him what God says. Now, let me say this to you. I'm glad to get back to it. In order for you to impart, you got to be imparted too. It's hard to give what you ain't got. It's hard Listen, I thought I knew how to raise a child, but evidently I didn't. (laughs) Because God knows a lot better than I do about my children because he gave them to me. I should have asked him because he's the manufacturer of them. I'm thinking I know something. Please. I told y'all a story about that time we told my dog we wasn't going to have no cell phone until she get 82 years old. And uh, we got overruled. Her heavenly father said, no, nah, she don't get a cell phone. And guess what? She got a cell phone, too. And all the stuff I was talking, all that yin-yang. <laughs> Y'all know how God did. <laughs> He's like, but I got you, baby. You stay back. Let me handle this right here. <laughs> Let the Lord fight your battle for you, baby. You ain't got to worry. So, children, you ain't got to worry about your parents. If you get before God, he'll take care of your parents, too. <laughs> all right, then. I want you to know something else about what he said about this. Proverbs 4 and 2. This person has been before God. For I give you good doctrine. I give you, this is good. He said this is good right here. I'm going to bestow on you good. That's what's beneficial to your life. That's what's appropriate. That's what is valuable. The teaching, the insight, the learning you're going to get. He said don't forsake it now when you get it. Don't go nowhere. Don't reject it. Don't go nowhere. Listen, get it, and move forward. 
Get it and move forward. Brothers, in my prayer that we grow in our mindset of being grateful for the opportunity to be a father, husband, son, brother, uncle, mentor, coach, and our many additional roles that we are blessed to serve in. Let me tell you something. It's a blessing to be a father. I know the enemy and folks will tell you something different, but the Bible says we bless. We bless. I go by God's word when it comes to that. And I know the world say a lot of stuff. And yeah, and there are some natural fathers and some, quote unquote, spiritual fathers that have messed that up. But I'm telling you something. We got some good fathers in him. And I refuse to believe the lie of the world more than I believe what God is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give you one more thing here because there's something I need to really kind of clarify. We're going to close it out. We talked about spiritual mothers. Fathers and spiritual mothers. Natural mothers who are spiritual. Natural fathers who are spiritual. One more father I want to talk about. It's it's your spiritual father or your pastor. It's your spiritual father or your pastor. 1 Corinthians 4 and 15. 1 Corinthians 4 and 15 reads as follows. But though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. So notice this, he said, 10,000 instructors, tutors, guides, and guardians in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. You do not have many fathers, spiritual fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Jeremiah 3 and 15 reads as follows, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. See, our pastors, our spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, They impart knowledge and understanding from God's written and revealed word that comes when we fear or reverence God. So let me say, let me give you, close it up with this right here. Spiritual mothers, natural mothers, spiritual fathers, and pastors go before God. They get with God. They talk to God. God talks to them. And then they take what we get and we impart it into our sons. Into our daughters, into our natural sons and daughters, into our spiritual sons and daughters. Now, let me say this to you and take some of the pressure off my spiritual parents in here. Uh, naturally speaking, you won't always get it right. Bible says this, you know in part. You know in part. So you're going to miss it sometime. You, you, you were doing the, of the best of your ability, but God is big enough to correct you. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And so, and that's good to know. That's good to know because I covered a lot today, and I know you got this. I know you got it. I know you got it. The Father's instruction may not always make you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside, but it will produce a bona fide Christian faith walker. And that's what God wants, a bona fide Christian faith walker a father's instruction thank you so much for listening to today's message please subscribe to our podcast and if you're ever in the villarica area you can visit us at 3193 south van Wert road in villarica georgia on sunday mornings at 10 and wednesday evenings at 7 you can also reach us at 770-459-6221 
That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.